I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Love Letters is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before meeting her, what would you have said about pursuing an actual romance while deployed? Like a real romance. Like, what would you have said about that being a good idea? No. It's general order one. Deployments are there for you to do your job and do your job only and not get sidetracked by relationships. From the Boston Globe and PRX, this is Love Letters. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Dating, in many ways, is an extreme sport. An entertaining, sometimes fulfilling, occasionally deeply dark Olympics of the human spirit. Even in the best circumstances, it feels intense. And at times, the chance of finding your person, or at least your person for now, feels slim to none. For the subjects of today's episode, dating was not only intense in the usual will-they-or-won't-they-what's-going-to-happen-next sort of way— It was intense in a way that includes military mandates, a near-miss rocket attack, and some big barriers to trust on an international airbase. It's the story of Naomi and Chandler. My name is Chandler Hoffling. I'm from Elkhorn, Iowa. I'm 29 years old. I'm currently in the military, uh, the Air National Guard here in Tennessee. Been doing this for about eight years. Hi, I'm Naomi Keenan. I'm 23 years old, been in the military five years, and I'm on my way to Nashville. Their story begins in 2019. At this point, Naomi is living in Las Vegas, and she's single. Very much intentionally so. Dating and romance are not on her radar at all. She's working as an intel analyst for the U.S. Air Force and preparing for her first overseas deployment. So I left in March of 2019, and the whole year prior, from January 2018 to January 2019, I would say that's like the happiest I've ever been in my whole life. I started going to school full-time, and I was working full-time. I was in really good physical shape, constantly working out. Like, I try to practice mindfulness and meditation a lot, and I think 2018, I really had it nailed down. I hadn't seriously been dating anybody for over a year. Naomi grew up in a big family in a small town. She's one of 11 kids, so money was tight and college wasn't an option right after graduation. The military offered her a way out, a chance at something bigger. I'm from Maslin, Ohio. The education isn't the best. A lot of drug issues in the town and in the county in general. So just best to get out of there, you know, this small town fever. 
for me, it was just like, I need money and I need to go to college and I need to get out of this place or else I'm never going to leave. And so my older brother had left and he was having an amazing time. He joined the Navy. So I was like, well, what's the worst that can happen? Four years if I don't like it. I'm 22 when I get out. The military turns out to be a good fit for Naomi. She likes the work and the structure that comes with it. When she finds out she's getting deployed to Afghanistan, she's excited. It's what she's been preparing for while working stateside. Naomi gets assigned to a major air base in Kandahar, in the south of the country. But when she arrives in April of 2019, it becomes clear deployment is a much bigger shift than she'd expected. It's kind of like the Wild West. That's what I say a lot. I remember I landed, it was like 3 a.m. and we, I had finally landed in Afghanistan after like a 12-hour flight and I had a weapon with me and I wasn't used to carrying this weapon and it was in like a sealed case and somebody like came and stopped our truck. They were running after us. They were like, hey, you forgot your weapon. Don't let this happen again because like that's a really big no-no and he was like, no, you're good. Welcome to Afghanistan and I was like, thanks. For Naomi, everything is brand new. The pace, the environment, the people. She knows no one. About a month later, Chandler arrives at the same airbase. But for him, it's different. He already knows what to expect. He'd been deployed to Kuwait a few years back. Like Naomi, he shows up with tunnel vision, ready to focus on his career. Right before I deployed, I remember telling myself I was kind of just done with the lifestyle that I had been living. I had lived in a house with four other guys, so it was kind of a party house. I wasn't really seeing anybody serious. I I tried the dating app thing and never really worked for me. From the military perspective, not a lot of people just can pick up and relate and then want to get involved in something like that, especially when you're on a deployed tempo. I want to go out there, just focus on my job, take a little bit of school, just get good, save some money, and that's it. Chandler grew up in a military household. His father was in the Air Force, and the family moved around a lot. They lived in California, Hawaii, and Germany before settling in the Midwest. Like Naomi, Chandler comes from a big family. He's number four of 10 siblings. Home life was stressful. Both my parents worked. They both worked uh, an hour away each way. A lot of it was up to the older kids or whoever was home to take care of the younger ones. I testified to already having some experience raising kids because I had to raise the younger three siblings pretty much. On the airbase in Afghanistan, deployed life is pretty regimented. Meticulous scheduling is key to keeping everyone safe and organized. Chandler works as an air crew member. Specifically, for those of you who speak military, which I kind of don't, he's an MQ-9 RPA sensor operator, which means he helps fly the MQ-9 Reaper, a drone-type remote aircraft. As an intelligence analyst, Naomi collects important mission information and makes sure it gets to the people who need it. She and Chandler are put on the same night shift. Their routine is basically identical. No days off, probably 10 hours a day. Every day was the exact same. You'd wake up. Wake up at like 10. Go to the gym, go to work, have a few meals. Go to the gym, and then after the gym, we would go back to our room, shower, go collectively to get food. And then from there, we would go to work. Go back home and pretty much have a couple of hours to talk to your family, maybe. 
and then go to bed and do it all over again every single day for four months. The work Chandler and Naomi are doing, it overlaps. Naomi's team is responsible for briefing Chandler's team on the latest intelligence. And it's through this work in the Intel office that they first meet. The earliest memory that I have of seeing her was at the squadron. And she was laughing about something in her Intel office. And she has a beautiful smile. I remember he was very tall. So he's 6'6". And it was, I'd never really seen anybody that tall before, honestly. There's about 15 people in their group. So they all become extremely close. But Naomi and Chandler, particularly so. They start gravitating toward each other in group settings. They talk about where they come from and past relationships. They connect over the shared life experiences that brought them to the military. Sometimes you have hours where it's just like there's nothing to do. And so we would talk about exes. We would talk about people who you left back home, who you're still talking to. Me and Chandler kind of paired off initially because we both had really large families. We both had siblings who were struggling with addiction and just really hard upbringings. Like you don't have a lot of money and big family, so you miss out on a lot of things. And so I think we just bonded over the fact that like we had made it so far. We're both sitting in Afghanistan and we both have such a similar background. Every conversation we had, we wanted to talk a little bit more. Every question we asked, we wanted to ask a little bit more of a serious question. Like, you know, what's your family lifestyle like? Like how close are you with your with your family? Are you seeing anybody? Do you still talk to your ex-girlfriend? Do you still talk to your ex-boyfriend? It would just get progressively deeper. I wasn't looking for anything, and I don't think he was particularly looking for anything either. Looking for something or not, their chemistry is undeniable. They start actively searching for the other outside of work, at meals, at the gym. Then Chandler decides it's time to get a little more proactive. Very early on, I would say, I think it was two weeks after getting there, I found out that she got coffee at this coffee shop every single day before work. There were two people that were supposed to meet us there the first time, two of our mutual friends, and they dipped out because they wanted uh, us to have, they, they must have saw something, I don't know. No, oh, good friends. <laughs> good friends, yeah. But uh, they were supposed to be there. They didn't end up coming. And so it was just me and her. We got to the coffee shop and I was there every day, like clockwork, the rest of that deployment, getting coffee with her. Just because just you knew she was going to show up. Just because I knew she was going to show up. Chandler pretty clearly is making a move. Naomi is into it. They're pursuing each other. Not exactly the original plan for this experience. It's also kind of a problem. Dating and relationships are frowned upon on deployment, and they both know this. Still, Chandler and Naomi start spending just about every waking hour together, both on and off shift. One night, about two weeks after they meet, the high stakes of their work becomes particularly real. It was a normal day. We were on our way to work in two separate vehicles. I was with the girls. He was traveling with his crew members. And a rocket comes over the fence and lands a couple yards to the right of our vehicles. I heard something that sounded exactly like a firework. It immediately made me think of 4th of July. But it was super close. It was like super surreal. And then 
right next to us was this explosion. And I was like, oh, this is real. Couldn't have been more than 20 feet over the bus. We had to gun it full speed to the gate. Everything was blacked out at that point because as soon as there's a rocket attack, they shut down the base, shut down the airspace, everything. And so we get in there, we're you know, plugging away at the computers, handling the situation. And then a couple hours later, once everything calms down, Chandler just comes into the Intel office, so where I'm working, and he's like, hey, how are you doing? And I, and I just look at him and I'm like, that was really crazy. And he just hugged me, like, so tight. It just puts you in perspective really quick how easily things can happen and you got to really hold on to your loved ones while you have them. Naomi and Chandler grow closer and closer. They're asking each other big questions between shifts, the kind of things that a lot of new couples wouldn't get to for months. But their relationship hasn't gone far past talking. Naomi decides it's time to change that. I think I really wanted to direct how the relationship was going to go because I didn't want to just put myself out there. And so one day, I think I was like, hey, do you want to hang out after work? Like, we could just go, like, hang out and, like, get food or something. We knew we were interested in each other, not only, you know, emotionally, but physically as well. Really, I just kind of wanted to kiss him. And so we went into the shared vehicle that everyone uses, and everyone's sleeping at this point. She texts me, and she's like, hey, do you want to go to the to the bus and make out? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> wait, and you would not, you would not, you, wait, you would not made out. Like, this was like a first, would you like to go there and put your face on my face? It was blunt, yeah. <laughs> but, that's, that's my girl. I'll paint the picture for you. It's the middle of summer in Afghanistan, and there's no air conditioning in this bus. It's just me and her, and it's like one of the only places we could think of that we could go to that'd be like somewhat secluded. He tries to kiss me, and then I immediately get so nervous. I get so red. Because it's just not who I am. So I just, you know, kind of pulled her in and went in for it. And she was like, nope. And we drove around for like an hour before I would let him kiss me because I was so nervous. Again, there's no air conditioning in this thing. It's, we're both sweating. We drive back around to the, the entrance to the compound and we park the bus and we're just sitting there and... Next thing you know, she goes in for it. And then we kiss. Sometimes you have to sit in the hot, sweaty kissing bus for a long time before you're ready to do You have to let it marinate, you know? You have to... Let it marinate, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Naomi and Chandler continue to let their relationship marinate. But these are two people on active deployment on an airbase in Afghanistan. This should not work at all. And yet, their story continues after a quick break. Okay, we're back. So the kissing bus has done its job. Any ice between Naomi and Chandler has broken. They're definitely an item, on a tight-knit team. It's hard to hide. I would be doing my work in the office, and he would come in and sit down, and we would just chat about the day. 
we were always in each other's company every day. So I think other people caught on fairly quickly that we were getting close. Their friends on base are supportive, but the situation of how they met, the fact that they're both actively deployed, it's complicated and it gives them pause. So after the kiss was there, like, what was the conversation about, oh no, like, what do we, what do we do here? (laughs) There wasn't one. Like, I don't think at any point we were ever like, oh my gosh, what if we get caught? We just kind of did it. And were you immediately like, okay, now, now we're dating, now we're a couple? No. So we weren't even officially a couple until after we had gotten back from deployment, but we were definitely exclusive. I remember one day I asked him, I sat down and I was like, hey, how do you feel about being exclusive? Like, are you seeing other people? Are you still talking to anybody back home? And he was like, no, I'm not talking to anybody. I don't have an issue with being exclusive. And I was like, okay. And I got up and I left. (laughs) Like, that's that. Even as Chandler and Naomi established their own playbook, there are these very real, very official military rules they're supposed to abide by. It's frowned upon. In general, like, you can get to know somebody, you can even date somebody out there, but, like, when it comes to spending time in each other's rooms or sexual relations, that itself has the ability to degrade the overall mission. And if something bad happens, you're not focused on the mission anymore, you're focused on whatever you had going on with him. So just to maintain good order, you're not supposed to have serious sexual or private interactions with anybody, honestly. It was tough because, I mean, I did know the rules, but we we made it work. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well said. That sounds super classified. So, dating on deployment, it's a no-no. But it happens, of course. Often, these relationships play out with a less-than-happy ending. It's almost notorious for never-lasting. And people will go out there with wives and husbands and do their own little thing with you and then go back to their wife and husband like it never happened. You have so much faith and it's like, wow, we found each other. We are going through the muck together and you go back stateside and it's like, wow, I guess I didn't really mean that much to you. And it happens all the time. It already happens stateside in Vegas, like where there's just this outnumbering of men to women. So women are typically like, oh, it's another military guy hitting on another military woman, like, you know, next. Like, it's very common, very common and not in the best way. Whenever I got to Afghanistan and got on base and started working, the women were few and far in between, to say the least. Like, I would go to the gym and there would be only two other women there. And this is a base where there's thousands and thousands of people. And... So the women, whether or not they were taken, whether or not they had a ring, they would get flocked to, like, consistently. And the same thing happened to me before Chandler got there, even while people knew that me and Chandler were kind of our own thing. I was automatically, like, I think the odds are stacked against me on this one. I can't just, you know, go in and just seem like I'm some guy trying to talk to some girl just to have fun on deployment. So I knew that I couldn't do that. I think that I learned a lot about men while I was deployed just because of how they would treat me and treat other women. So when I met Chandler, I was really hypervigilant and I would pay particular attention to how he would interact with other females to see if he was treating everyone else like this. I think I was definitely 
somebody that was special to him and he always made me feel like it's just you. Their deployments end in August of 2019. And it turns out they're both returning to the same base in Las Vegas, even though they'd never known each other stateside. Naomi's the first to leave and she takes a big step before heading home. I was the type of person that thought I'm not going to be the one to say I love you first ever. Like I always wanted to know that someone else said it first to me. Like they were risking it first before I did. But since we were deployed, I was like, well, if I go back stateside and I don't say this, I'm going to regret it. There we were in Afghanistan, as you are, and we were hanging out and we were cuddling and my heart started beating fast because I didn't know how to say it. And he's like, why is your heart beating so fast? And I was like, oh, is it? I just, I just can't really breathe that well, I guess. And he's like, what? Like, it was just not clever at all. But he, yeah, he's like, why is your heart beating so fast? And I was like, I think I'm falling in love with you. And he hugged me and he just took a couple seconds and then he said the same thing. I love you too. I'm falling in love with you too. And I'm just so happy to have met you. And it was a really cute moment. It was just us and we were just holding each other and my heartbeat finally started slowing down. Naomi and Chandler are blazing their own relationship path and breaking some pretty traditional dating rules along the way. Dating somebody they work with, saying I love you in the first few months of seeing one another, creatively evading some military rules. It's all happening on their own terms. But when Naomi and Chandler get back to Las Vegas, they take their biggest leap yet. Even though they've only known each other for six months, they soon make their relationship status official and break yet another dating rule. So we started dating September 13th and November 2nd, we signed a lease to get an apartment. So like a month and a half later, we were like, okay, let's just do this. I must say that as a relationship columnist, even one who does not particularly like rules, I do not endorse moving in with your significant other after just a few weeks of officially dating. But Naomi and Chandler make a pretty good argument for themselves. Yes, they'd only been together for a few months, but they'd moved to a different continent, survived a rocket attack, grilled each other for hours on life's biggest questions, and lived in each other's rhythm, day in and day out. If there is any way to fast-track the early stages of a relationship, this might be it. One of the reasons why we wanted to take a jump and like figure it out and move in so quickly is because, like, to be honest, we didn't know. We didn't really know if it was going to work out perfectly when we got back. We didn't really know the end game, but we knew we wanted to try. So let's take the jump and figure out if we're compatible living together. If we're compatible being a couple stable, no deployment, no excess stressors going on, just like you and me in an apartment, let's see if we can make it work. At the time they move in together, Chandler is planning to move out of active duty within a year or so. And so who knows where that could take him. They want to see if their relationship is strong enough to weather the stresses of long distance in case they need to make it work. Overall, living together turns out to be great. But 
in December of 2020, Chandler makes a move to Nashville to join the Air National Guard in Tennessee. Naomi stays behind in Las Vegas, where her reserve unit is based. They spend nearly a year doing long distance and decide it's not for them. They really want to be together. And so I spoke to some people at his unit. They had an opening, spoke to people at my unit. They were willing to let me go and switch. And so that's what we're doing. In September of this year, Naomi transferred to join the Air National Guard, leaving Las Vegas and moving into a house with Chandler in Nashville. The most exciting thing about it is that we wanted to make it work. Like the levels that we wanted to make it work, her and I, we really wanted to make it work. And I think that's why it did. I really can't see myself with anybody except him. So I know that we'll get married one day and hopefully we'll have kids one day and we'll buy a house, maybe in Nashville, maybe somewhere else. But whatever is in my future and whatever is in his future, I just know that we'll figure it out together because he's it. He's it for me. We talked to Naomi and Chandler separately for this episode. The day we interviewed Naomi, she was in Las Vegas packing up to make the move to Nashville. Chandler was there too, and he had some very big plans for that night. I had known that I wanted to get engaged to her for uh, quite some time. Um, This plan had been about five, six months in the works. Our two-year anniversary is September 13th. So I'm texting her. Leading up to this, I was like, hey, I'd really like to do something big for our two-year anniversary. Just let me plan it out, and then that'll be kind of my gift to you. I'll get reservations, I'll get a hotel, really nice dress, really nice suit. And while we're at dinner, I have about 15 of my of our friends go up to the suite that is overlooking the entire strip, and they decorate it with flowers and rose petals and balloons. And I texted them when I was on my way up from dinner, and... I would walk in, I had all these pictures up of us. She sees me grab the ring. I asked her to marry me. Everybody came out of the bedroom that they were hiding in and surprised her and we all had champagne and stuff. Some of it was blacked out to be honest, like she doesn't remember anything. I knew that I knew what I was gonna say in the moment. I told her that she has been an incredible friend, an incredible partner, an incredible girlfriend and she makes me want to be the best man that I can be every single day. And the title of girlfriend just wasn't going to cut it anymore. I wanted her to be my wife, and I asked her, and that's how that went. Naomi says yes. I think it was us choosing each other. In Afghanistan, it was us choosing to put time with each other over the risk of getting sent home, getting in trouble, worst case scenario, getting kicked out of the military. We always chose each other. We were breaking rules. We broke rules saying, I love you after only knowing each other two months. And then we moved in a month and a half later after we got back. And I think us always choosing each other and choosing the relationship, I think that's what has made it so amazing this far and what's 
going to keep us snowballing into an amazing, amazing family one day. So knowing your story, if someone with a similar military history said to you, how do I know whether it's worth pursuing someone who's who's also having this experience? How would you guide them in making that decision? Because like as you said, you would not have advised yourself to do this, and yet it has worked out quite well for you. I think the advice that I would give somebody is to let it, let it happen as organically as you possibly can. It's a very male-dominated environment, and there's a lot of girls who are just, you know, kind of tired of, you know, the typical of another guy's hitting on me. Ask those tough questions. Ask real, separate from the military questions. I did have that rule going out there, but really early on, I saw her and I saw her laughing and it it was over very quickly. That rule went out the window real quick. Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe and PRX. Today's episode was produced by Caitlin Harrop and Scott Hellman. Ned Porter does our audio mixing, sound design, and mastering. Devin Smith does our audience engagement. Love Letters illustrations by Ashanti Davis. Check them out on the Love Letters Instagram. Special thanks to Brian McGrory and Linda Henry. Our music is from APM. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can always send us a letter. We are an advice column to loveletters at boston.com or online at loveletters.show. I just had this thought about how, like, I wonder if for other people it was also the kissing bus. I kind of don't want to know, but like... Well, neither, yeah, neither, neither do we. I don't know if I want to know that either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I want to know that either. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening. <laughs>